on this day that we talk about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on that day of Pentecost, we also remember those who have served and poured out their lives for our freedom and what they did to enable us to even be here today to freely worship our God and to know that we have much to remember of their service and throughout history. Today I want to talk about Jesus, the Holy Spirit in us, as we look at the first eight verses of that reading from Acts today. Dear Christian friends, in the Old Testament, God worked in the lives of special people, men and women, and on special occasions. And sometimes it was for a certain time or period, and also it could have been to permanently anoint someone as well. Well, these were special leaders. They were special prophets. In the book of Judges, it says, The Spirit of the Lord came on Othniel. The Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah. And in the book of 1 Samuel, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon Saul. People were healed. There was fire from heaven, and prophets spoke from the word of God. But when the day of Pentecost came, the Spirit of our God fell on all who were gathered. And Peter's sermon really explains what will happen here as he quotes Joel saying, And afterward, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit on those days. Now, in the book of Acts, there were three outpourings of the Holy Spirit. We certainly see here the different people groups in three different times. The first was to the Jews and those converts to Judaism in Acts chapter 2 that we read. And then later, there was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to the group of Samaritans. That was in Acts chapter 8. And then there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the Gentiles in Acts chapter 10. Well, significantly, Peter was present at all three of these outpourings. And in a world where we find divisions among people of different cultures and ethnic backgrounds, the powerful word of the gospel here has a lot to say at Pentecost. The Spirit was poured out regardless of ethnicity or citizenship or gender. It was male and female, slave and free, Jew and non-Jew. From the day of Jesus' resurrection, when Mary was commissioned to go and share the message of the resurrection with the disciples, women had a special place in the life of Jesus and his ministry. He treated them with respect and also put them on an equal level as those disciples who were men. I'd seen a story about a young man from Jamaica who came to the U.S., and he had walked into a church one day on that Sunday. And the pastor remembered thinking, you know, I wish you had come next week to our guest service. We're going to have all sorts of trendy things going on. There will be a band playing, and then there's going to be a special speaker. Well, but on this day of the man's arrival, there was a fairly traditional service with communion. And one of the elders, he had chosen to speak about the Old Testament wilderness tabernacle. 
Well, even the pastor found that boring. But this young man, he was touched by the Spirit. And he was in tears from start to finish. And that night, the power of the Holy Spirit, well, he enabled that man to become a believer in Christ. Fast forward now two weeks from that moment. And the, many of the church members, they're having coffee after the service, like we do. And the pastor looked across the room and he saw this young man. And he's an animated conversation with a man who's the head of a local conservative political party. And he was one of the members of the congregation, a regular member. And they were talking about Jesus. And the pastor nudged one of his elders, and he said, that's the kingdom. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. Two different cultures being united. We can see why Jesus said that it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, he will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And earlier, he said, you know him, for he lives with you and he will be in you. It's the Spirit's work in the people's lives that makes even seemingly impossible situations and outcomes happen. The day of Pentecost, well, there's a number of people who try to tie that directly back to when Moses was given the law, the outpouring of the law, if you could say. And we know that, according to the biblical record, and that because the Shavuot, which is the Hebrew word for Pentecost, that was a particular day of a particular month on the Jewish calendar. They knew when to celebrate it. Well, that particular day of Shavuot, it actually was nine days before the people of Israel actually got to Mount Sinai. So it's not a day-to-day comparison. But yet, there's striking details between the two events when Moses was given those Ten Commandments and Pentecost. You know, at Sinai, there was thunder, and there was a loud trumpet sound, and on the day of Pentecost, there was a noise. It was a violent rushing wind. At Sinai, there were lightning flashes, and on the day of Pentecost, there was what? The things, those tongues of fire that appeared over their heads. At Sinai, the glory, the visible manifestation of a presence of God, that covered the mountain in the form of smoke and fire. And on the day of Pentecost, well, that fire wasn't as big, but it was those tongues of fire as well. And on each of the occasions, the experiences created such emotional reactions from the crowds as well. At Sinai, well, the people, they all perceived the thunder and lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw that and heard it, they trembled and stood at a distance. On the day of Pentecost, the crowd was amazed and astonished at the sound of the wind and the hearing of the proclaimed message of the gospel in each person's native language. All throughout Scripture, it may be seen that in the Lord's eyes, the world's population is viewed as two major people groups, Jews and Gentiles, or Jews and the non-Jews, all of whom are under sin, as we know from definitely Romans chapter 3. Two people groups under sin, 
And what did the Lord do and begin on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2? He poured out his spirit on believers from among those two sinful groups to unify them into the body of Christ. It was going to start on that day and continue. Well, St. Paul explains it this way in Ephesians 2. For Jesus himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, that dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in the flesh the law with its commands and its regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity, to do one out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. It was also the fulfillment of Ezekiel's prophecy in the 36th chapter of his book, where God says, I'm going to give you a new heart, and I'm going to give you a new spirit within all of your deepest parts. I'm going to remove that heart of stone, that rock-hard one of yours, and I'm going to replace it with that heart of flesh, one that's sensitive to me. The New Testament, it's got a lot to say about the Spirit. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Treat it well. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ doesn't belong to him. You are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Take complete confidence in that. All who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, daughters of God. And Jesus says, it is not you who speak, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. And the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Good things to know about how God works his Spirit in us and through us. Gilbert Stewart was an artist who was famous for his paintings, like of George Washington, and there were many other Beautiful portraits that just brought out a lot of color in his paintings and portraits. Benjamin West, who's another great painter, he was speaking of Gilbert Stuart once when he was uh, talking to his students who he taught. And he says, it's no use to steal Stuart's colors. If you want to paint as he does, you must steal his eyes. The Christian would say, It's no use to try to steal Christ's words and values and actions. You need to steal his eyes and his heart and his tongue, his hands. Well, Pentecost says to us, Christ lives in us, and we speak with his tongue. We see with his eyes. That's what Martin Luther meant when he described Christians as little Christ's. Well, in his ministry, Jesus didn't just stand in the synagogues and wait for the crowds to come and listen to his messages and his teachings. He went to parties and weddings. He went to funerals. And he would talk to people on the street. And since God no longer lived in temples that were built by human hands, as Jesus says, instead, he lives in the temple of our human heart. Wherever they went the disciples would take Christ's presence with them, and we too should go out into those highways and byways, the places of work, the places of joy, 
Yes, even the places of sadness. And bring something of Christ's presence with us. The interesting feature of Peter's preaching on that day of Pentecost was that his sermon was given in answer to questions that were being raised in the life of the church there. The Spirit exploded in praise and witness in the lives of those disciples. They drew a crowd, a crowd that was filled with wonder, and they were asking questions. Well, sadly, today, the church has often been noticed as really locking itself away, expecting people to come to the church. Well, at Pentecost, the lives of Christians, they were so different. And that required an explanation, as we saw. We today should live lives that are really so different, loving and caring, creative and transformed. Those things that our friends may and strangers may come to us and say, why are you so different than the rest of the world? Tony Campolo tells the story of one of his students, Elias Santana. And Elias had graduated from medical school in the U.S. And once a month, he would go to Puerto Rico and make large amounts of money. And that was with the intention of not getting rich, but of offering free treatment to the poor. The poor in the Dominican Republic, where Elias had grown up. And he would come back to his own country and work among the poorest people, feeding them and clothing them and giving them medical attention. Well, one day he had finished his work with the poor and giving of his own money, and he climbed onto a truck and he began preaching. Well, he was preaching the gospel. And all who gathered around him were there as he told them that love of Christ. Well, Tony Campolo was on the edge of that crowd, and he had seen a, a student Marxist leader who was there listening to that doctor preaching. And Campolo knew that leader, and he went over to him, and he shoved him playfully, and he said, you'll have to watch. He's winning people to Jesus. Your movement's in trouble if you let him on the loose. And without flinching, that leader said, what am I supposed to say? Elias Santana has earned the right to be heard. He's earned the right to be heard. Perhaps today when the church has earned the right through transformed lives spent for others, we will be heard as we tell them about Jesus. Are we prepared for that life trans that transformation of life? Inviting the Holy Spirit to come as on the day of Pentecost. Well, Charles Spurgeon, he once gave this warning. He said, we ask, but we do not expect to receive. We pray, but probably nothing would so alarm us as the answer to our prayers. If after having pleaded with God to send his Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit did come, well, there are many who would not believe it. There are others who would think of it as mere excitement. And there are multitudes who would shut their eyes to it altogether. O Spirit of God, he says, will you come to do your mighty deeds once more? And so 
we pray today. Come, Holy Spirit. Come to your people. Kindle us in your hope, your vision. May you speak through us that we may be the vessels of, our, of your promise, the mouthpieces of your truth. Call us through your life-empowering message of the good news of Jesus. And gather us and all people that we may be directed to follow Christ's way of compassion. Enlighten us with your vision that we may walk toward the light of your eternal and constant love. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Renew us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.